0: Coming up, it's halfway to Halloween, and we're breaking down what you can learn from how other attractions are celebrating. For the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is our weekly episode of Green Tagged Theme Park and 30. In Green Tagged, we look at the top theme park news from each week and break it down for takeaways that you can use in your attraction. Of course, this week, we are dedicating the entire episode to discussing halfway to Halloween and what people are doing for that. If you are new to the show, we connect the haunted attraction industry through podcasts and we release them every weekday. You can browse our episode catalog of over 700 episodes covering every topic in the industry on our website. And there you can also subscribe to our free weekly industry newsletter. Okay, here's Green Tagged. (laughs) From our studios in Los Angeles and Tampa, this is Green Tagged Theme Park in 30. I'm Philip and I'm joined by my co-host Scott Swenson. And Scott, do you know what day it is? What
1: day is it, Philip? It's halfway to Halloween. Happy halfway to Halloween. Look, I just happened to have a gargoyle just waiting for halfway to Halloween. That's so like the there we go. you brought up. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's <laughs> on my desk all the time. But uh, yes, we are at halfway to Halloween and I'll tell you, this year, unlike any other, I think, or at least that I can remember, um so many attractions um both large and small, are diving in with both feet. So they're diving Mm -hmm. in fully to halfway, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, But I think it kind of echoes um, what we have been saying about Halloween, that this is something that eventually will be very viable uh, year-round. Scary stuff will be viable year-round. I think we're seeing that um, to smaller degrees in some of the larger parks around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, So there've been a lot of announcements. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of like independent haunts that have done sort of a an opening, but um, of course, who is who is the biggest theme park that we always usually kick off our show? Always usually, that we quite often kick off our show with Disney.
0: Yes, yes. Um, I, I was pleasantly surprised, like like you mentioned, that so many places were taking advantage of the halfway to Halloween idea. Uh, it is. It makes complete sense. If you have, as we've talked about multiple times, you have these seasonal shows, and if your seasonal show is very popular in Halloween, especially this year, if you anticipate it gonna, it's going to be a big sellout season, then this gives you that extra marketing push to start things early and to draw attention to it. And that is one of those things where now we're seeing it done this way. It's like, ah, hindsight 2020. Like Oh, it could have always been that way. It could have always been really brought to the forefront. And I'm sure, or hopefully, we'll see a Christmas in July type of thing as well be mirrored for the same places that do large Christmas shows to give us more details about that. That would be equally smart. But uh, so Disney, I think, in terms of the large attractions that I have seen, Disney seems to be the ones that have taken the reins in kind of in going from nothing last year uh, for halfway to Halloween to this year, a whole campaign that is centered around it. And they actually, they have a full like splash page <laughs> that they've set up on their blog, uh, that's for Halloween at Disney. And it not, it has all the announcements they've rolled out this week, which they made a big deal of for each one, but it also has photos and collections from the guests and from little experiences at the park. So, so also there's a campaign where they're curating content from people mm-hmm. that are celebrating. So that's also very smart here in California. we. I Of course, I went for the, the beginning of Halloween to Disneyland, of course. And we saw people dressed up at the parks and taking photos, and they're kind of curating that content. But they, they rolled announcements out over all their properties. They're going to be bringing back Halloween everywhere. In Tokyo, they're bringing back Halloween from September 15th through October 31st, which is a very healthy run for mm-hmm. Tokyo. Mm-hmm. A tiny bit longer than they usually do. They're bringing back their Halloween party at Disneyland Paris for two nights. That's pretty standard. They have a they have a light sprinkling of Halloween there uh, in, in Paris, uh, but two nice is pretty standard for that. They're bringing it back on the cruise line. They're even bringing it out to their new ship, the Disney Wish, with a magical pumpkin tree inspired by Cinderella. The Oogie Boogie Bash is also returning, although they have no dates for that yet, no information really, but just that it's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually a much smaller event. And of course, I think, to me, what I really honed in on, the like the granddaddy announcement, is that the Not So Scary Halloween Party is coming back to <laughs> Magic Kingdom for 37 nights. 30, 37 nights from <laughs> August 12th through October 31st. And it will run from 7 p.m. to midnight. They're bringing back all of the old entertainment that they had when it was last a thing. So they're bringing back the hoax focus State Show and the parade and the blah, blah, blah. They're also adding, this is very unusual for Disney, but they are adding things to, to, to the event, which is they're adding exclusive step-in photo opportunities, which I'm not sure what that means. I guess we'll see more. And they're also going to give guests a 50th anniversary-themed commemorative print and a reusable tote bag, which I'm not sure if that's different from their regular treat bag. But So it's a lot. That's a lot. And what what struck me when I read this is it's not necessarily earlier than their previous times but just the amount of event days is 37 and then universal is doing 39 so we're we're really that's a lot i think a, a, you know 5 years back 10 years back we would have said 37 nights for a separately ticketed after hours disney event are you crazy but you know here we are it's kind of expanded
1: well, and if you think about it, the whole reason that that theme parks got into Halloween was to help cover a shoulder season. And yep. what's interesting is <clears throat> because of the popularity of theme park Halloween events, uh, the shoulder season is now end of summer to beginning of Halloween. So what have they done? Instead of creating a whole new event, they've actually expanded. And this is true with Disney. This is true with Universal. This is true with, with Busch Gardens to a certain extent. This is true with SeaWorld to a certain extent. Um, but they continue to expand and grow into that new, the new shoulder season between, uh, going, kids going back to school, which now, you know, happens earlier and earlier to, uh, the actual, you know, autumn when, when people start to really kind of traditionally have st- kind of started to think about Halloween. So yeah, it's starting in August. It's starting in summer. In fact, it's not just starting in August. It's starting in early August. Yeah. So it is. Yeah, that's clear, pretty early. <laughs> yeah. It's clear that they needed to bridge that shoulder season that they had actually created by bridging the shoulder season. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, and it's happening everywhere. Um, so I, I think that uh, by using the halfway to Halloween to promote that, you know, back in the day, we were, uh, not just, not just us at Bush Gardens, but parks were, were starting to, you know, drop hints over the yeah. summer about what was coming on Halloween. And that just kept getting earlier and earlier and earlier, driven by guest interest and guest demand. And to your point, they need to continue to promote earlier and earlier to get a jump on it so that they can be the first, quote unquote, talking about Halloween. What's interesting is, I think we're finally starting to train the media. Now, not the mainstream media yet, um, but it's been very difficult to get media to talk about Halloween at halfway, but I think by creating halfway to Halloween, you're creating something that is media worthy that does get the the mass media out there, and not just you know fans of the industry like you and I. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that this works for Disney because if it works for Disney with all of these announcements, if they can get some some massive upfront mass media going, I think it will only benefit the other the other parks and the other attractions. Um so that they can maybe get some local media as well.
0: Yes, yes, that's generally how it works. That's a great point is like you know kind of you're not just training your audience but you're also training everybody else in the ecosystem right And so where where Disney goes they can help with their you know, it's like the Titanic they can pave the road for then open opportunities to other people you know and and even other cities, We did see this year a lot of other attractions release announcements, and I did see some mainstream media pick up stories in smaller cities where there are less, you know, there's kind of less news, right? But um, to the other thing, to I want to dig in before we move on to some of the other pieces of their celebration. I I just think it it is. um, I'm cautiously optimistic about this announcement because the last time they did you know we talked about last year they did their their alternative um halloween event last year which the name of which i forget because it was a terrible experience so i tried to block my you, memory i think
1: you and every other person who experienced it try it's trying to forget it at least uh, if they haven't already yep. and that was it so it, it's just very interesting that they've
0: they've actually taken the step in a, in a completely different direction where, you know, last year it still sold, they still sold tickets, right? And it was more expensive than it than, than this version, but it was so much less than this version. I mean, it was tremendously less than this version. And now they're bringing back the old version and we haven't seen ticket prices yet, but I can't imagine that they're going to, well, maybe they will, maybe it'll just be more expensive overall, but it's um it's just interesting. They're taking a step back in that direction. So I'm kind of cautiously optimistic that they might be also, um, adjusting based on the feedback that I right, that everyone well, and be.
1: one can also hope that that since they are celebrating a nostalgic anniversary here in Florida, since they are yeah. looking at fiftieth, um, that they're they're looking at things like instead of making, they don't have to position it as we're we're going back to what we once were. They can position it in such a way that it is um, nostalgic. We're going back to what everybody yeah. loved and what everybody remembers because that's been that's been the key that's really been the keystone of of Disney marketing and Disney branding forever is you know relive the magic and over and over and over again with you and your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids and um so I yeah I I think they have an excuse uh I, I but I, I also recognize that from you know to charge more for less yeah that's what they had to do when attendance was down that's what they yeah. had to do during the pandemic. Um, because they they thought they could get it and they could but you know we said it we've said it on this show before too that model was we didn't feel was sustainable um, to continue to charge more for less and mm-hmm. you know we even we even talked about it we said maybe this is just part of a an ongoing plan with Disney that they will get us back um, in line when the world gets back in line you know when when things start to be when we discover what the new normal is and I think we're starting to get there. And I think that they are um riding the cusp of the wave with this. And, you know, as you say, cautiously optimistic. I hope that I hope that's the case. Yeah. Now, even if, you know, even if they come back and say we're gonna flatline tickets, ticket pricing from last year, but you're still getting more, yeah, for, still getting more. for the same yeah. amount of for the same amount of money. So so that's good. And and there's also the little thing about Hocus Pocus 2 you yes. know they mm-hmm. have to they have to get that out front they have to kind of uh, i don't know whether they have to or not but i think it's wise of them to re energize that brand yeah um cuz hocus pocus 1 was a long time ago now it is a fan a fan favorite of everybody's but <clears throat> as much as i love all of the actresses in hocus pocus they are significantly older now <laughs> so they have to make certain that um the they still they still appeal to the fan base that loved them the first time i don't know we'll we'll see how it all goes but i think disney's i think disney is saying yeah we can we can invest a bit more in halloween because it's going to help us with the return of hocus pocus
0: yeah and uh of course it comes on the heels of course of universal's announcement about their season in that market so um and a few other things that they did that i think are good takeaways for attractions is uh it, this wasn't just limited to you know releasing your, your press, you know, and, and making a big deal about the, the press release. There also was limited release of the food offerings at both the Disneyland Resort and in the Walt Disney World area. I think here at Disneyland we had two items. We had like a, a pickled corn dog and a churro. <laughs> but you know what? There were a lot of people going and getting that churro and taking pictures and it was all over is on social media you know it's, mm-hmm. it it was a thing and i'm i'm sure it was also a thing in florida about they had more food items than we had but but th- those are real things i mean those are real expenditures of you know them getting and as you know scott it's not it may seem easy but it's not entirely that easy to bring out a specialty food item and these some of these were only out for a few days like two mm-hmm. or three days mm-hmm. and that's kind of a lot of work to bring out a specialty food item for a few days, even if it does sell out, you know, it's not generally worth the cost, honestly. So I think mean, that's a tangible thing. Uh, that's a tangible thing. They also did, uh, shout outs on their, uh, Disney channel for Hoax Focus 2 and for some of the other stuff they had. And they did a big, uh, merch preview thing, um, online. They also did like live TikToks, they did live Twitter feeds, they did like, they did programming basically both online and, uh, in the park and they did some, then some, uh, Food purchases, so it was a lot more than just announcements. There was actual money behind this.
1: It's and it, what's very interesting to me is, you know, there was a time where we would say, merch and culinary announcements. Wow, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's another good point. Yeah, the heck is that? Cool. But it's interesting because I, uh, so right now, um, I'm I'm putting the buttons on some some creative work for multiple theme parks in the country and for their Halloween event, and some of them I can't necessarily visit so i've been scouring the internet for for fan videos and fan tours of the areas just to kind of see what's going on and i am shocked and i and i also noticed this because i also do some some occasional reporting for coaster nation and the thing that fascinates me is how interested theme park fans are in merchandise Mm -hmm. um and and culinary as well but like there was i was watching one for a, a a park and it was a new area for a park and they went through not only the area but they spent about a third of their time in the gift shop looking at all of the new merchandise and not only looking at it but identifying it showing the price tag to show how much it was um there are the merchandise has become far more of a huh a, a fan person collectible than I think even the theme parks ever knew it was Um, because I can remember I can remember being told less than 20 years ago. Well, we can't do a we can't do a we can't do special merchandise for our our seasonal events. Nobody ever nobody wants that. And three years later, we had um, 20 different styles for a seasonal event. So, and they were all selling out. so I, I think it's interesting that merchandise continues to be a very important factor. Um, yeah. And I'm glad to see that culinary is is right on its its heels.
0: so yeah. I think, it again, we're, we're learning all these lessons, right? This is another
1: hindsight type of thing where... Well, it, goes, look, it goes it goes back to do things, create things that, that people can do, not yeah. just look at. So when you can purchase and interact, take home, continue your experience afterwards, or even, you know, I know it sounds lame, but even specialty food items, yeah. that's an interactive element to your experience. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and look at the whole convention and collectible scene. You know, there, there's whole really conventions where people go just to buy limited edition merchandise. It's just kind of that American culture and the big, big in Japan as well. Japan has a big scene Mm -hmm. about that. So you see, that's really what this is just tapping into that. And I will tell you the Thea's were last week and, you know, there's always a Disneyland uh, excursion into, you know, after the the Thea's before the gala gala for the evening. Mm -hmm and we were there and <laughs> i was in the park i think by noon they sent out a notification to everybody in the park on their phones saying that the new main street electrical parade sipper was sold out <laughs> and to not even bother getting in line for it <laughs> yeah you know and just the fact they had to send that to ev- you know they, to everybody to to you know to push it out to let them know and maybe that wasn't true maybe it was just to create fomo right but um It just shows you that now it's it's a thing to consider. All this, so all this, these are great learning moments. I think for attractions that are looking at this is is understanding that that food and beverage and merchandise can help make the spend per person a little bit higher. And it's also good the customer clearly likes it too. It's not just you know it's not just
1: it becomes a themed part of the entertainment experience.
0: Yes, exactly. It becomes a be- it makes it, it the experience better. You know, yep. even if it's just one friend, like you see all these videos, even if it's just one friend that buys a thing and then you all get to watch them, eat it, that's fine, you know, that's that helps the experience that helps you increase your spend per person. And then also the other big takeaway is what is this whole idea of putting together a nice like campaign to make your announcements and to try and get that out to get the excitement up for it. And do previews when you can. I mean, do the food previews, whatever other previews you can do to get that out. Um, Speaking of that previews, our kind of our, maybe our next story was that going on right now as we are recording this and yesterday was the Spooky Swap meet in Los Angeles at the Heritage Square Museum. And I mentioned previews because what this is, is essentially the Heritage Square Museum is a, kind of like time-locked piece of land from the Victorian era. And they have the Victorian era houses there and the old roads. And haunted houses get together and they decorate the facades of these Victorian houses. And then everybody that goes to the event can trick-or-treat at the different haunts, at the different houses. So it's like a it's like you're trick-or-treating down the street, you know, except it's halfway to Halloween, right? There's also vendors and food and et cetera. And it has all these markers we've been talking about. You know, there's... There's vendors there, they have specialty food, you know, specialty the like monster burrito and they have the chocolate covered, et cetera, et cetera. But the the idea the preview is, you know, haunts can bring when they decorate their facade, they all can bring pieces to preview what they're going to be doing this year of their event. And several of the haunts we went to had tickets already for sale. There, they had discount codes. There, you could buy the tickets at the event itself. They had free ticket giveaways. They had photo ops. You know, they had all of this interaction, and kind of they're using this event also as a way to push the tickets and push the announcements, and then do that tangible preview. And because I, I know a lot of attractions might be thinking, "I don't have Disney's budget, right? I can't, you know, do all this stuff." Well, this is a good example of some of these were were Home Haunters doing a preview of their home haunt display. And the reason they're able to do it is because they come together. They participate in this event. And if if you don't have a Halfway to Halloween event in your area, you know, there's parades, there's community festival, there's a lot of other ways that you can get involved. And you can bring this concept of Halfway at Halloween to your local area and just show them. You know, other people do this in other areas. There's a little spooky summer treat that you can preview your experience
1: and it's interesting because i think this is something that uh at least at least from my perspective seems to happen more in california than anywhere else yeah. um you know i i think about this this is this is what um midsummer scream started this is mm-hmm. uh, this is the next the next level of it um the the ability to trick or treat the ability to trick or treat at halfway to halloween is just i think a brilliant concept i think it's just a brilliant concept and and i'm i'm kind of bummed i was I was on the road for another client, so I couldn't be there. But um, I, I would have, I would have thoroughly enjoyed this. I think this would have been so much fun. And and you're right; it gives you the opportunity to get out in front of people. I mean, it, one of the things that that was done by uh, by independent haunters uh, for for years was they had a, a core group of their actors who would all come together, and local movie theaters would invite them to come to openings of horror films. Now, mm. granted, the world has changed, so there aren't that many grand openings anymore, and and you don't necessarily even want to, to drive huge numbers back into a, a confined space yet in some places. But in this case, it's the exact same thing. It's like, you know, these guys are... are the, we all know that, like, the haunted attraction folks are chomping at the bit to do whatever they can to get back yeah. in costume, back in makeup, get the fog fluid out. Um, and what I also think is really cool is it gives from an operational standpoint it gives them a chance to sort of shake out the cobwebs and test some new things you know if they had a yep. character that they didn't know whether it was going to work for them or not um do if they attend a halfway to halloween event they can see how it works and then make revisions or refinements before the actual season itself so i think it's kind of a win win it it gives it gives the the guests a little treat and it also gives the organizations a chance to to shake out the cobwebs so to speak or shake in the cobwebs as the case may be
0: yes I did hear several haunts actually mention that to me too, about how they were using it as a good opportunity to test items and also as a way to engage their actors. Like, like we've talked about on the show, how can you make your core group of actors, how can you make more opportunities for them so you can give them a longer contract? Yep. yep. You know, and this is one of those things where they can come out, they get paid for two days of acting, and it's a good way to get them thinking about the haunt and ready to get locked in. And, you know, it again, if if they're playing that character, right, then you can, it's more easily to get them then locked in for the December and the October and the September things.
1: And, and it's interesting too, because did you, did you, did they have any halfway to Halloween merchandise? Cause I know you attended.
0: Um, yeah. So the, 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 of course, because some of, some of the same producers that work with Midsummer Scream and are also involved in this, they're not the same people, but, but they're, um, they're related. And of course they had a commemorative enamel pin and they had a commemorative um t-shirt with a local t-shirt company and they had a like a photo op with the t-shirt i mean all those elements were there where there was exclusive merchandise for that
1: event because i mean even even creepy co um does halfway to halloween stuff and it's all limited Mm -hmm. and always sells out yep um so yeah it's it's a it's a way to you know if you look at it i mean if you're if you're a skeptic or 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 a bit sarcastic, you can say, "Okay, look, it's another invented of hol- uh, another invented holiday." But at the same time, it, for me, it just gives you a, a six-month earlier way to celebrate something that you already care about.
0: Yes, I agree. I agree. Okay. I also think it helps people get ready too. Yeah, you know, no, well, and not Christmas just in like July has been
1: happening forever. I mean, Christmas yes. in July has been going on <laughs> since the dawn of time. Well, yeah. okay, not really, but it, there's been a lot of that going on. Um, so this is really no different from that. It just gives us an opportunity to uh, to go trick or treating in the spring. Yeah.
0: Well, spe- stepping away from the halfway to Halloween, but still keeping in the spooky realm, there was an announcement of this past week of Netflix bringing an all new Stranger Things immersive experience to Brooklyn. Netflix and experience discovery platform Fever have teamed up to deliver a new immersive Stranger Things experience, which launches at the Dougal Greenhouse in Brooklyn Navy Yard on May 7th. I hope I said that right. Uh, Here, fans are transported into the Stranger Things universe, a world of supernatural mystery, enduring friendships, and 80s nostalgia in an atmosphere celebration of the award-winning show. This was what is interesting to me. There's a new storyline. The brand new storyline developed exclusively with the show's creators propels guests into a parallel universe where they must unlock their secret powers to face the gauntlet of lurking terrors and help save the town. After their perilous escape from the Upside Down, fans will arrive in an immersive food and beverage and retail hub <laughs> celebrating Stranger Things' most visually iconic locations. Here, fans are free to explore every element of the Stranger Things world, such as grabbing a USS Scotch Sunday at the Scoops Ahoy, knocking off Mad Max's high score at the Palace Arcade, and even avoiding encounters with Demi in the Upside Down. So I think maybe
1: literally everything we just talked about. Um, <laughs> right there. <laughs> yep. Now, have they, is there, uh, has, have they, let's see you said may 7th
0: yes yeah, so this is so this is a uh, kind of a halfway to halloween um uh, experience you know that, that's yeah. coming in for for the halfway to halloween town sorry halfway to halloween town that's a movie um <laughs>
1: <laughs> halfway what to halloween now? time
0: yeah. there we go halfway to halloween time so it's it's a good um so yeah everything we talked about exclusive merchandise uh the I also like how they're able to use the IP but they're making it an alt, a parallel world so that you're not really messing up you know the the thing and of course this is leading right into Stranger Things 4 coming out soon.
1: Of course. Of course. Do they have they announced an end date for this? Or do you know? Because I have not seen anything on, it, it looks like they have a start date, but I haven't seen anything that announces an end date for this particular experience. Because I, it's quite possible that this, you know, again, could be another one of those quirky, weird little shoulder seasons, which is, you know, yeah. coming into, coming over spring. Because um, so many attractions do spring events, especially ones who have uh, um, seasonal style parks where things yep. change. So this makes this makes I, so I much I don't sense see an end date. Yep, you're right. No end date interesting so funny funny (laughs) if if it's successful kids um it could be there a while you know i can't see that if it's if it's making money hand over fist that uh they would they would be getting rid of it anytime soon so i I, it's it's interesting to me because everything i've read about this is positioning it like it is a a seasonal experience Mm -hmm. but there's no there's no fuse now that may that may be coming i don't know But, um, and it it also could be their insurance policy. They may know when it's going to end, but they may not tell us so that we think it's going to end sooner than it really is. So it drives attendance. I don't know.
0: Which is a good strategy And that, you know, the, the stranger things pop-up store that came to my area, you know, that was supposed to be not as long as it ended up staying for and mm-hmm. we had the stranger things drive through experience as well mm-hmm. um and that lasted a lot longer than it was supposed to as well remember they kept every month they were like oh extending extending due to popular mm-hmm. demand works and mm-hmm. it was actually very popular so yeah. Yeah.
1: well and again once once you've got once you've got something like this set up you know their your your fixed costs just become Le- less and less, based on your fixed costs or your fixed costs. So, if you can continue to make money off of what you've already set up, yes, your labor continues, but it, there's no reason not to, you know. Yeah. Well, that's
0: also a good segue. We maybe our last story for this show, but uh, combining the spooky with the idea of your fixed costs here, Epic Entertainment Group has partnered with the Crayola Idea Works for an immersive attraction. And this story is a continuation of one we talked about last time. And that's that the idea works that, that uh, Epic Entertainment made with Crayola was first at the Franklin Institute, which Scott mm-hmm. uh, has worked with. Mm-hmm. And now it's basically just going on tour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so they're taking that same thing that they've created and just taking it on tour, again, kind of proving that it was popular and it was wildly popular and successful. So they can take it on tour now. But Uh, as listeners of our show might know, maybe, you know, Scott and I know Epic Entertainment very well. And they started, of course, in Halloween. So they started first working for the Queen Mary, but then starting their own company and producing Dark Harbor. And they've been able to go from Halloween to doing experiences like this, uh, that then they can scale and take around the country. So
1: yeah, it's, it's very exciting. You know, um, they're, they're, very, very intelligent people. They're good mm-hmm. business people, and they're ridiculously creative. So th- they're they're going to succeed no matter what. Um, I'm I'm sure of it. I have no there's no question in my mind. Um, I do th- I do think it's interesting that um, they are taking on this particular brand um, because I think they're going to discover that it will be very um, freeing and palate cleansing for them as creatives. Uh, having experienced this particular IdeaWorks experience, uh, it was—it's interesting because there's not a single crayon in the entire experience. Yeah, it's all about being creative. It's yep. all about from going from uh, inkling of an idea to execution of a plan, and it's—it's it's a real neat experience which i i think is both benefited and hindered by having the crayola name attached to it because i think some people expect crayons but it's not there and i i'm i'm very curious to see how the our brilliant friends at epic are going to continue to help this evolve with the the brand folks at at crayola well look at that we're done okay (laughs) okay so that was that was our last story philip was correct we were just staring at each other blankly um so that that was that was our last story thank you again guys for for being with us again this week and we hope that you uh, bring a bunch of friends um next week so that we can hear what's going on in the attractions industry and uh, share this with everyone you know on behalf of philip and myself this is green tag theme park in 30 and we'll see you in a week